when God blesses you, you are especially vulnerable to temptation. And the temptation that you're vulnerable to is the temptation to arrogance, to presumption, to being so sure of yourself that you are no longer listening to Jesus. Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick. And Colin, we're continuing our series, Authentic Discipleship, looking at Peter. And when he got to the point of confessing that Jesus is the Christ, you're saying he was vulnerable to temptation after that? Well, not just vulnerable. I mean, he fell into it hook, line, and sinker. I mean, he confesses that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus says to him, now it's the Father who's revealed this to you. And it seems clear that Peter gets completely carried away and loses the place there because Jesus says now he's going to suffer and he's going to die. And Peter's thinking, well, you know, the Father's revealing things to me. I I don't like the sound of that. And so he presumes to rebuke Jesus. Yeah. So he's just made this marvelous confession of faith. And then he says to Jesus, no, you're never going to go to the cross. And Jesus has to say, get behind me, Satan. So we're never beyond the place where we can fall into serious temptation. And sometimes where we've had the most marvelous spiritual experiences, we're actually at the most vulnerable point. That's one of the things we learn from this story today. The good news, of course, is that the Lord Jesus Christ never lets us go. And he doesn't let Peter go. He won't let you go. In his mercy, he's going to call you to follow him and not to try and correct him, but to submit yourself to his word and to his truth and to follow him faithfully. Let's look at this account. It's in Mark chapter 8 as we begin a message called Complaint. Here's Colin. We saw last week that to confess that Jesus is the Christ is really to embrace him as your teacher, as your saviour, and as your master. And Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter confessed, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus affirmed Peter's answer. We saw from Matthew's gospel last time that Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now, we're going to take up the story today in the Gospel of Mark. We have four wonderful Gospels that God, in His wisdom, has given to us, and different Gospels fill in different parts of the story. And in Mark chapter 8 and verse 31, we read this, that Jesus then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and after three days rise again. So there are four things that Jesus says he must do. He must suffer, he must be rejected, he must be killed, and he must rise on the third day. And I want you to notice in verse 32 that Mark records that Jesus said this plainly, and that is very important. Jesus said this quite clearly. There was no ambiguity or doubt about what he said. So, you see, Peter's problem here is not that he didn't understand what Jesus was saying. Peter's problem is that he did understand what Jesus is saying, and he's absolutely adamantly opposed to what Jesus has just said. And the title of our message today, therefore, is Complaint, 
This is a story about all the times when we have a problem with something that Jesus says or something that Jesus does. And sooner or later, in your experience, you will come to the place where Peter finds himself here. Lord, I have trusted you. I've confessed you as my teacher and my Savior and as my master. I confess that you're the Christ. I believe. But I don't like what you're saying here. I don't like what you're doing here. I don't like where you're leading. I don't like where you're going. Now, as Christians, we are called always to think the best of others, whatever we can. And so, let's give weight to, to what is good in Peter here. It seems to me that we should always do that in regards to all of our interactions with others. And when we come to understanding the Scripture, we ought to give weight to what is good. We ought not to be harsh judges of other people. And so, let's recognize that Peter has a good heart. I mean, he loves Jesus. He really does. He wants the best for Jesus. He wants the best for ministry. He wants the best for the world. And what does the world most need from Jesus? Well, in Peter's day, it was the same as ours. There were sick people who needed to be healed, hungry people who needed to be fed, oppressed people who needed to be set free. The world never changes. It's the same today, really, as it was then. The needs of the world just press in on us. They're all around us. And Peter had seen that Jesus had the power to meet these needs. I mean, he'd seen Jesus feed the hungry. He had seen Jesus heal the sick. He had seen Jesus set the oppressed people free. And Peter's a leader. And anyone who has any leadership in them will recognize what was surely going on in Peter's mind and heart at this moment. Like any good leader, he's already framing in his mind the next phase, the next chapter of the vision. Jesus healed the sick, fed the hungry, freed the oppressed, but all of, most of this had been done in a relatively small rural area of Galilee. And so what's the next chapter? Well, Let's take this to Jerusalem, and then to Judea and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. That is what we must do. And then Jesus says something entirely different. No. What the Son of Man must do is he must suffer and be rejected and be killed and on the third day rise again. Think about this. The one who has fed the hungry and healed the sick and freed the oppressed has a higher calling. There is a greater work that the Father has called him to do. He must, and he's so clear in saying this, but said it very plainly, he must suffer and be rejected and be killed and rise on the third day. Now, when Jesus said this, Mark records that Peter, verse 32, took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. And then notice in the very next verse, verse 33, it says, but turning and seeing his disciples, he that is Jesus rebuked Peter. So this is a story then about two rebukes 
First, you have Peter rebuking Jesus, and then immediately afterwards, you have Jesus rebuking Peter. And uh, our series is called Authentic Discipleship. And today, I want us to learn six very practical things about being a disciple of Jesus. Three of them we're going to see from Peter's rebuke to Jesus, and three of them we will see from Jesus' rebuke to Peter. So let's look first then at the presumption of Peter's rebuke to Jesus. And I want us to see first, first lesson in regards to discipleship, that we must learn to recognize when we are especially vulnerable to temptation. There are some times when we are in particular danger and we need to learn to recognize these times. Now, one very obvious example, of course, is when we are tired. We're especially vulnerable to temptation then. I mean, I find that when I am tired, I, I just don't see things so clearly. When I'm tired, I'm less careful in what I say. When I'm tired, I'm less patient, and I'm more easily provoked. So when I'm tired, I need to be aware that then I am especially vulnerable to temptation more than at other times. And you see a very obvious example of just that in the story of the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember the disciples are in the garden. It's late at night. They're really tired. And Jesus says to them then, now you need to watch and pray so that you do not enter into temptation. And you remember, because they were tired, they didn't watch, they didn't pray, they fell asleep, and they did fall into temptation. Now, it might be a useful conversation for us in the life groups this week to address this question, when do you find that you are especially vulnerable to temptation? And there are many answers to that question. But let me point out two answers that clearly come from this story that is in front of us today. We are especially vulnerable to temptation when we are disappointed, when we're disappointed. You see, very clearly, that's where Peter is at this moment. Lord, this is not what I was expecting. Lord, what you're saying has taken me completely by surprise. This is not where I thought you would lead me. Now, that's Peter's position, and he's vulnerable to temptation when he's disappointed. And you see the same in uh, the experience of John the Baptist. Do you remember? He was a faithful preacher of the Word of God. He was the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He prepared the way for the Messiah. And then after the ministry of Jesus began, John the Baptist was put in prison. And here's this man who has believed and proclaimed that Jesus is the Messiah, and now he's thrown into prison, and there are questions in his mind. Well, if Jesus is the Messiah, how could he have allowed this to happen to me? And so he sends messengers to Jesus. This is in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 11. You can read this story. And John sends the messengers with this question. Ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come or should we be looking for someone else? And Jesus sent back this answer to John in prison. Tell John the blind see, the lame walk, the dead are raised and blessed is the one who is not offended at me. 
Don't be offended when Jesus leads you on a painful path. Look at what is yours in Christ and trust him in your sorrow and trust him in your loss. Watch and pray when you're disappointed so that you do not fall into temptation. And then again from this story, another time when we are especially vulnerable is simply when we are blessed. Remember, Peter had just confessed faith in Jesus, and Jesus immediately said to Peter, Blessed are you, Simon, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. So Peter is experiencing the blessing of God pronounced over him from the very lips of Jesus himself. And that's when he fell into temptation. And and it isn't so hard to see how this happens. Jesus says to Peter, blessed are you. And Peter thinks, you know what, that's right. I'm blessed. Jesus says, this was revealed to you by the Father. And Peter thinks, yeah, that's right. The Father reveals things to me. The blessing of God then goes to his head. And as it says in the book of Proverbs, pride comes before what? A fall. And you see, he's especially vulnerable to temptation in the moment that he is most blessed. So let's draw this very practical discipleship lesson from the scripture that we're looking at today. When God blesses you, you are especially vulnerable to temptation. And the temptation that you're vulnerable to is the temptation to arrogance, to presumption, to being so sure of yourself that you are no longer listening to Jesus. That's what happens to Peter here. You watch and pray when you are blessed so that you do not enter into temptation. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and our message today, Complaint, part of our series, Authentic Discipleship. And if you tuned in late or if you ever want to go back and listen again, you can always do that by coming to our website. That's openthebible.org.uk. You can download any of our previously broadcast messages there. You can also find us as a podcast on your favourite podcast site. Just search for Open the Bible UK and subscribe to receive regular updates. Now, Open the Bible is supported entirely by our listeners, and if that's something you'd like to begin to do this month, we have an offer for you. It's a book by J.C. Ryle for Advent, and it's called The Coming of the King. We'd love to send you a copy of this book if you were able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, that's openthebible.org.uk. Back to the message now, here's Colin. You watch and pray when you are blessed, so that you do not enter into temptation. Well, that's the first very practical discipleship lesson from the story. Here's a second As a disciple of Jesus, learn humility in what you ask of Jesus. Now, if you have faith in Jesus, there will be times when you are tempted to tell him what you think he should do. And that's precisely what Peter does here in Matthew's account 
uh, he records the words of Peter that Peter actually said to Jesus, far be it from you, this shall never happen to you, Lord. Now, telling Jesus what he must do might sound like faith. And you might hear some preachers who suggest that, that this is what faith looks like, that you tell Jesus what he must do, and if you say it with sufficient conviction, he's going to do it. And actually, what I want you to see here is that far from being faith, that is the opposite of faith. Think about the great contradiction here. We saw last time that when you confess Jesus, what that means is that you embrace him as your teacher, your savior, and your master. And Peter confesses faith in the Lord Jesus, and then immediately after that, he presumes to tell Jesus what he must and must not do. So Jesus is the teacher, but Peter presumes to teach Jesus a better way. Jesus is the Savior, but Peter presumes to save Jesus from going to the cross. Jesus is the master, but Peter presumes to tell the master what he must do. So here is Peter, and he is blessed by the Father with all this wisdom and insight, but it has gone to his head, and now he actually thinks that he can teach the teacher, save the Savior, and master the master. And so we read here in verse 32, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Think of that, he rebuked Jesus. Now, here's the obvious practical question. Have you ever done that? Have you ever found yourself in a place where you felt that you knew better than Jesus? Have there been times in your life where you've been so sure of what the best outcome of a particular situation would be that you have presumed to say to Jesus, this is what you must do? And there's clearly a warning here against presumptuous prayers. Learn humility in what you ask of Jesus. We were reminded already this morning that Jesus taught Peter and us how we are to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here are some very practical things about being a disciple of Jesus. As we follow the Savior, we must learn to recognize times when we're especially vulnerable to temptation. We must learn humility in what we ask of our Master. Third, we must learn discernment in regards to what we hear from others. Now, Peter said to Jesus, far be it from you, Lord, this, that is, suffering and being rejected and killed, shall never happen to you. Now, I, I reckon Peter was a force to be reckoned with, don't you think? And here he is, full on, making the case. And I'm sure he did it with great vigor and with great passion. And if ever there was a moment where you might feel that you should trust what this man says, surely this would be it. I mean, Peter is blessed by God. He's been walking with the Son of God. He's been walking with God in the flesh. He's been having things revealed to him by the Father. Surely we should trust what he says here. 
But you see the point that Peter's well-meaning counsel here is absolutely, completely, and utterly wrong. And this is what he says in the next sentence to when he's just confessed Jesus. I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? When he says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, he's absolutely right. And when he says, Lord, this shall never happen to you, he is absolutely wrong. Here's what we learn from this. The wisest, godliest believer you know can sometimes be wrong. So learn discernment as you listen to the counsel of others. The wisest counselor you know may sometimes be wrong. And that is a very important principle that we learn directly from this story because remembering this will prevent you from putting another person in a position in your life that should only belong to God alone. So here are three things that we immediately learn from Peter's presumptuous rebuke towards Jesus. We must learn to recognize times when we are especially vulnerable to temptation. We must learn humility in what we ask of Jesus, and we must learn discernment as we listen to the words of others who may, with a good heart and meaning well, say something that is entirely at variance with the will and the purpose of the Lord Jesus as revealed to us in the Scriptures. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and our message, Complaint. It's part of our continuing series, Authentic Discipleship. And you can always go back and listen again or catch up with any parts of the series you might have missed on our website, openthebible.org.uk. Also on the website, you can find a number of other resources to help you with your Bible study. Have a look at Open the Bible Story. You'll find The Drive. It's a 30-session journey through the Bible story. The Drive will take you deep into the valleys of the Old Testament and the peaks of the glory of Jesus and the ups and downs of the Christian life. It's available completely free on our website, openthebible.org.uk. Also on our website and available as a podcast is Open the Bible Daily. This is a series of short two to three minute reflections, a new one every day, based on Pastor Colin Smith's teaching and read in the UK by Sue McLeish. You can find that on our website, openthebible.org.uk, and you can also find it as a podcast. Again, search for Open the Bible UK. Open the Bible is supported entirely by our listeners. That's people just like you. If that's something you haven't done up to this time, but feel you'd like to begin doing it, we have an offer for you this month. If you are able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more, we'd love to thank you by sending you an Advent devotional. It's called The Coming of the King, and it's by J.C. Ryle. Now, Colin, how might we benefit from reading this book? Well, it's a book to help us prepare for Christmas. And Christmas is not only the most wonderful and joyful time of the year, it's also for sure the busiest time of the year. And uh, we all have relentless schedules as we move into these next weeks that lie ahead of us. So if you're looking for something that would give you in just a very short space of time some rich nourishment 
to focus your mind and your heart on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and all the hope that is yours in him. This book by J.C. Ryle, The Coming of the King, I think will be absolutely ideal and wonderfully helpful to you. It gives in just a couple of pages a glimpse of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ for each day leading up to Christmas. You can use it over a period of 25 days. I love reading Ryle. He's so clear. He's so warm. He's so Christ-centered. And you will find this nourishing for your soul in the relentless busyness of this season. The Coming of the King by Bishop Ryle. I'm going to be reading it again as we go through Advent, and I hope that it will be a blessing and a joy for you as well. And we'd love to send you a copy of this book as a thank you for setting up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of £5 per month or more. Full details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. You've been listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick, and I very much hope you'll join us again next time. Learn to take appropriate responsibility. Find out how next time on Open the Bible.